grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. What is up, Big Ten backers? We are back for another show. This time, man, some important things to go after. We thought the offseason was upon us, but there is some more to cover. We got some fresh news from down in Seminole Nation we got to discuss in a little bit, so stay with us. We'll get to that. But before we get to that, everyone, hit those likes, hit those shares, subscribe, leave us those comments, please. We want some action in the comments. It's always good. It makes it more fun. But we'll address those comments after each segment. We got to get to the elephant in the room. Or should we call it elephant leaving the room? Jamie, (laughs) man, how shocked were you when this went down? When you first heard the news, what was your immediate reaction? It's something we've been talking about all season, but you're always shocked. This is a guy who made his legacy in college football that is going to go down as the greatest coach of all time. I'm absolutely shocked to hear it. I didn't think he'd go out the way he did, but, you know, we got to pay our respects here today. And I'm definitely, definitely shocked to, to see it finally come to an end. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad, bittersweet, you know, as Big Ten backers, you know, we want a guy like that to go out so we have a chance at the top because, man, he has taken over. He has run college football. He's made it his bitch. College football is living on his doorstep. Now that he is gone, there's a chance for others to succeed. I mean, there were times, there were small windows where other people took over. You had uh, Dabo and you had uh, Kirby Smart doing it in Georgia. But whenever Saban was around... You knew. I mean, just like that Michigan team, when they announced Saban was going to be the, the team that they were playing, the coach that they were coaching against, going against the GOAT, there was that big gasp. They still got the win, but they still didn't want to face them. Yeah. Nobody AJ, wants to face. Yeah. AJ, what did you have on this news, man? What was so your was, gut reaction? Man, my gut reaction was is unbelievable, man. Like, I can't imagine having – Football without Nick Saban, it's been like a staple of college football. And then not only that, man, you get, what, hours later, Pete Carroll, you got to reflect even further back to to his era. Mm-hmm. And then, then what, Bill Belichick too, the era, man. Like these are the three of the greatest coaches that, you know, we get to see in our lifetime. I know Pete Carroll or some people won't consider on his on these guys' level, but for his Ability to win a national championship, two of them, and win a Super Bowl. Like, nobody does that. That's super rare. Super rare. And almost three national titles. Yeah. And, and almost, almost he was two a Vince super Young Bowls. away. <laughs> he was a yeah. Vince Young away and a bad play call away. You're not wrong there. But, yeah, shocked, man. I just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it, man. No. That, it's going to be was weird. A, it was a crazy 24 hours. Like you said, when are we ever going to get news like this? These are all people that my whole, like my child, my life, like we've looked up to these guys because they are the greats. They are the ones during our mm-hmm. lifetime that are going to have put on that show and made that competitive, you know, edge there. Every game they go to, these are guys you don't want to line up against. And it's football is going to be different without them. Belichick, uh, for the NFL, he says he plans to stay around. The other two, I, I think that, you know, they're done. Saban's done. Pete Carroll has stepped to the side of coaching. 
But I don't know how old Belichick way. is, but the other two I are mean, in their seventies. So they're they're seventy one, and the other two are seventy two. So I think yeah, yeah. I was yeah, we're going 70s, off. I mean, if it's... we're going off looks here. He's he's freaking old. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> All I yeah. know is I can see why I have crow's feet now. Because if these guys are done, man, I can start to I can start to see why I got these rankles, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's coming, man. Better what an end it. of an era! What an end of a dynasty, both college football and NFL. But let's talk about college football, man. Yeah, let's get, man, absolutely. football's changing forever. Let's get to the goat, the goat, Nick Saban, man. Seventeen mm-hmm. years at Alabama, six national titles. You're never going to see somebody like this in T town again, man. Seven total national titles, considering what he did at LSU. I mean, he's the greatest to ever do it, ever. No one will – I don't think we'll ever see anybody like Nick Saban again. Mm -hmm. There will never be a run like this in college football. He's obviously the greatest college football coach ever. And we got to say that happened in our lifetime, which is nuts. Like, we all got to hear about Mm -hmm. Bear Bryant. You name Mm -hmm. the legendary coaches out there, Woody Hayes, you name them. We we just hear stories, but we gotta see Nick Saban happen. Yeah. Well, let's talk about we legacy. are those we're those old men now. Yeah, we are those old men. <laughs> we're gonna be talking. Who's remember Saban? Saban? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But let's talk legacy, man. What's your favorite moments of Nick Saban for me, man? Twenty eighteen, they're down thirteen to nothing at halftime. He pulls Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He pulls. Jalen Hurts, because his team was struggling, and he throws in Tua. Tua comes in, balls out, turns it around, grabs 166 yards and three touchdowns. Man, who does that? Who? Yeah. What coach besides Nick Saban makes that call and pulls a star out like Jalen Hurts and puts in Tua and then actually wins the game and gets another national championship? And the fact that that it didn't backfire, that is amazing. That right there shows you the set of balls that guy had on him to be able to make that call. It wasn't it wasn't going to be a popular call. We know that. Like Hertz was the guy. He had been the guy mm-hmm. for the, all season. And to be able to say, you know what? I got faith in this guy coming behind him and make that call in a moment like that. You know, obviously if it went the other way, we'd be talking about how dumb it was, but uh it was him. That's his smarts. That's what he did. He found ways to win. And he always he made the right calls most of the time. This guy had more draft picks than he had losses. <laughs> like, if you played for Nick Saban, if you played there for four years, if you played for four years for Nick Saban, you got a national title. Like, that yeah. is insane. It's crazy. It's mind-bogglingly just stupid how good he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't no one's going to repeat it. I don't even think GOAT. Shows how great he is because goat is over overused. But this mm-hmm. dude, there's nothing like him. You'll never see it again. But what's your favorite moment, Beef? Tell me yours. Hey man, I got a video showing. You gotta get that going. I want to see some of my greatest moments that say. Oh man, there. we're gonna do the video. Oh for sure. All right, it speaks All right. for let's, itself. Let's hit Jamie's favorite moment too. All right, we'll go back. Okay, to you let, let me go now. So there are so many great moments to choose from. You talked about this guy having seven total national championships, but guess what? You're only as good as your last moment. Okay. And this man went out on fourth and two from the three yard line for the game on the line. And he calls the shot for Milrow to run it right into his own lineman. 
game over, done. Probably one of the worst calls I've ever seen. And it, that's how I'm going to remember the GOAT. You're gonna. I, he's a, you're talking about 17 years of dominance, and this is this is what you're going <laughs> to define him for you. This, Come on, man. Hey, man, this you got to have the love. You got to have the hate. My gosh, yeah. I should come through this camera and smack that mustache off your face. They're, these greats, and he and he's a guy. When he's gone, I guarantee I'm going to appreciate him even more. But right now, I am so happy he's gone. Not because of that play call, but because he terrorizes every one of our favorite teams. He lives in their dreams. He's the guy that everybody plans for. He's the guy that all these moves are made. He's the guy. We talk about GOAT is is not a good term to use because we use it for everything nowadays, but he's the only guy that you can't debate against. He is the GOAT. Yeah. He's the official GOAT. You talk about certain things where you can debate all day. You want to talk about MJ, LeBron, Kobe, all these things. You cannot debate about Nick Saban. But, yes, am I happy he's gone? Absolutely. Am I happy he called that call? Absolutely. I'm tired of him winning. I want to see him gone. So I'm disappointed because Alabama is coming yeah. to Camp Randall next year. I could not wait to see the oh, And now I don't get to see just the Just missing man. it. Yeah. What about no you? interviews from Saban. No what interviews you, from Saban. you got to have something positive. Hey, well, look at this, man. Just think about this. Sit back and listen. Close your eyes if you have to. He's not only the best coach, but the best recruiter. And based off of 24-7's top recruiting classes – his classes were ranked number one in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. Skip a year, 2019, skip a year, 21, skip a year again, and 23. In 13 years, 10 of them were number one. So what does that tell you about the dude? He is obsessive compulsive about being the best. He hires the best, he recruits the best, and he coaches the best. The best all around. Nothing but the best for saving. So what's your favorite That's moment, insane. man? What's your favorite what moment? What is it? What is it? My favorite moment, and we're going to hopefully see it in a video coming up shortly, was 2014 when my Buckeyes were playing the GOAT, all right? And that reverse pass from Michael Thomas, or to Michael Thomas from Evan Spencer, man, to get it from, I think it was 21 to 13, and got it to 21-20 going into half. Man, Gave the these- Buckeyes a chance. All these great things Nick Saban did, y'all coming out with times he got beat. Yeah, because hey, what else can you live for? I mean, if you are the opposing team, fans. if you're the opposing team, man, and you're going against the GOAT, what kind of feeling does that give you? I Michigan had fair. that same feeling. Michigan had that same feeling. Ohio State had that same feeling when they beat them. And guess what? That was the only two times a Big Ten team beat Saban at Alabama. I mean, I ought, to come over, I ought to come over there and smack that head off your head for saying negative things about Nick Saban, too. I'll play your video, even though. Yeah, you play it. You play it right now. examples out there of what Nick Saban did in his tenure. Yeah, let's see it. All right, so the best plays for the Big Ten against Alabama. Right here. And these are the only two wins. This is why this highlight video is so short. I was, I was trying to do a highlight video of all of the Big Ten's wins the against two? the The two go. of them? And there's two, <laughs> but they were huge moments. All right. You had this recent one with Michigan dominating in the final four. And you know, what's weird about this though. This is the play here, man. I'll, I'll never get over this. 
That was just amazing. Watching that foot just barely inside that line. Watch it. I mean, I think we do a close-up here. Yeah. Right on that line, man. Just as close as it could be. And I have a second favorite play, I guess. There is a second favorite play. And that's that 85 yards through the heart of the South. Coming up on your screen right now. Take it to the house, Elliot. Mm. I've seen Elliot do some things, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, man. the GOAT. It's still got to be the time he put Tua in over Hurts to come back 13 to nothing and get his fifth national title, man. Like that call, hey, no coach has a ball to make unless you're big dick Nick. But I, hey. I appreciate you thinking that and all, but I can tell you hate is a very strong emotion. And so I'm going to continue with the memories that I have. And those are the ones that are going to help me sleep at night. Okay. All right. So I'm happy about that. All I say is put some respect on that name. Put some respect. Hey, there's on respect. Think about that. That video footage was short all right because there was only two wins that the big 10 had against him only yeah i mean wins does the sec avoid big games yeah they do so there's probably only two games they played you know but those were close games and those were historically good big 10 teams i mean the best michigan team that you can think of since 1997 the best ohio state team since 2002 i mean it happened once you know every 13 14 years and even more than that in Michigan's case. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's let's hit a couple of comments. We got a favorite Holloway TD from Drew Tate. And then Spencer, my boy Spencer. I want Florida State's coach, baby Sarkeesian. Yeah. I doubt they let him go. Yo, Spencer. I man, got you no know, watching, man. What's your favorite Nick Saban moment of all time? I know you're a, you're a Roll Tide fan. I got Norvell yeah. going. He's going yeah. now. We're going to talk about Especially that. We'll, with, get, on, we'll get into that hold next. Horses. Hold your horses. <laughs> we got some water. Hold my horses. Let's go. Major Let's shoes keep it moving. down in T Town, man. What is Roll Tide Nation going to do? Who are they picking up? Who do you guys think the best candidates are? Who can, if anybody, can continue this program's success? Who do you got? Who do you got? Who do you got, Beef? Yep. Who, who can continue the success? Not who success? do you think they will pick? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that's a loaded question. Who will they pick? Uh, it's between Dabo and Norvell, Mike Norvell. Those are the only two candidates left. Uh, Kiffin is an outside chance. But look at what they did last time, and I think we got to look into that. They hired a coach that won a national title already and amplified them, right? So who is out there with a national title? You have Meyer. That's not happening. Carroll, definitely not happening. Too damn old. Smart, he's staying in Georgia if he's smart. And Dabo. Dabo has one hell of a buyout to pay. And it's 150%, right? If he yeah. goes to Bama, and that's the only school other than that. Um, Jimbo Fisher, maybe. Bob Stoops. No, I think there's only one option. Uh, it if you want a national championship coach, and that's Dabo. But Norvell is up and coming, and he's won everywhere he's been. So give me him, and he's going to get out of that mess that they're creating in Florida State with the NCAA being stupid. All right. All right, Jamie. What do you think? All right. 
So I I agree to a point with with Beav here. I think Lane Kiffin's the up and comer. If you're looking for to pick something off the tree of Nick Saban, he's a he's a decent option. He's proven to to start to build a program. I don't think anybody's going to necessarily fill Nick Saban's shoes. Those are some nope. big ass shoes to fill. Uh, you look, my man Dan Lanning. Safe to report that he's not an option anymore. He I think he was going to be at the top of their list as far as picking off the Nick Saban tree there and up and coming coaches. He reported that he is not interested in the job. He's staying home. And that is great news to every Duck fan. We were on high alert last night. It was hard to sleep to even think about losing him. And, <laughs> losing another one. Oh, my God. Losing another one for the Ducks. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You talked about Steve Sarkeesian. I think that'd be a great option. You have to call everybody if you're Alabama. But I think there's like Steve Sarkeesian, you have – you have Kirby Smart. These guys will pick up the phone, pay the respect, and say, you know what, that is a lateral move. If you're Kirby Smart, it might be a downward move because you're hoping that the guy who fills Nick Saban's shoes is is less, and you already got the dominant team there. I, I think you look at Mike Norvell, like you talked about, there's a mess happening, and we're going to get into that later in the show, but there is a mess happening in Florida State. They don't have the respect not being in the SEC, being over there in the ACC, I think that might be a good move for him, looking at Mike mm-hmm. Norvell's up-and-coming. Alabama, it's always been Dabo might be the next guy. That's always been the talk. So how is that That's not an option? we gotta, we got to talk about that. Well, I heard at the basketball game the other day they were saying anybody but Dabo. Like they were, they were out there chanting, which is, is silly. He's not as prominent as a coach as he once was. Like at one point, if he were retired a couple years ago, they would love, love, love to get Dabo, yep. but that's not the case right now. I, I think, think it's his that, personality more than his, his coaching. Yeah, ability. he hasn't. He's not with the times. Dabo's not with the times. He's not with the transfer portal. He's not with the NIL. Like he's not with the times. If he took a job like that, that would be him saying, "I'm going to get with the times" because there's no hotter seat than filling in Nick Saban's shoes. Because if you don't win, you're out. And that's why I don't think Sarkeesian or Smart are good options because. Why go to a place where you're already automatically on a hot seat when you're already doing as good as they're doing right now? Yeah, I think you, you look, got a little, you got a shorter leash yeah, at Alabama yeah. than you do anywhere else. Absolutely, why would you, man. Why would you like? Why would you bounce from Texas? No, no offense to Alabama, but Texas is is a premier a recruiting job. hotbed. You got <laughs> recruiting you hotbed. Back with a recruiting hotbed. Same with Kirby, like Georgia. The, the yeah. recruiting bed there yeah. is insane, and you're gonna move somewhere else. It's a lateral move at best to start over. Yes, yeah. That. No, no, thank you. Cause you don't know which players are going to stay at Alabama. They may be amazing right now, but you don't know who's staying with you. Th- that's not the team you recruited. So I look at Lane Kiffin as an up and coming option. And I also look at Mike Norvell as a great, great option out of Florida state to leave his current situation. But if I'm Alabama, I don't think they go with this move. You go for the coach of the year with Kalen DeBoer, not just because I want to shit. You want blow- it. Not just because I want to blow up UW, but because he is an amazing coach and he's proven that. What he did with the weapons he had to make it as far as he did, they had a great offense, but as far as he made it and the type of coaching moves he did, he outsmarted the Ducks twice. He beat beat Texas. He would be a great option. So those are my three. I think it's Lane Kiffin or Norvell. So here's my – I don't think anyone's safe right now. Here's my take on it. One, they're not safe, but everybody's trying to get paid. They're going to use this in a, as an excuse to get paid. I bet you Dan Lanning did make that play. He did go down there. He wasn't leaving. 
you're trying to get a bigger paycheck. And I guarantee a lot of coaches are about to get paid a lot more not to take this job that they probably mm-hmm. didn't yeah. anyways because they don't want to follow the GOAT. But no. anyway, where I'm getting to is every time one of these great coaches retire, they always want to do somebody from the tree, the whole mm-hmm. Michigan man thing. And typically – Nine out of ten, that doesn't work out. Look what happened to USC. USC tried to keep doing a Pete Carroll guy, Pete Carroll guy, and all they did was dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. If Alabama wants to take this job seriously and hire a good coach, look outside the tree. Unless you can get Kirby, but that's not happening. Sark's not happening. Dan Lanning's not happening. There's nobody else in that tree that's probably worth it. So you need to go outside that tree, grab that Kalen DeBoer, grab – Mike Norvell, don't look at the tree, mm-hmm. man. It has never, mm-hmm. ever worked out for programs. Whatever don't, you do, you stay away from the tree. Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> stay away from that tree. Shit tends to fall um, out, man. Yeah. Man, I don't know. And who would have thought it would have been this convoluted for Alabama to find a coach? They got to already we, have someone. We had been, like, the thought was is that everybody was going to jump at this option. And and we're kind of in a weird spot. Like we talked about with Dabo, with Sarkeesian, with Kirby, with Dan Lanning deciding not to. I genuinely thought Dan Lanning was going to sign there and, and become the next head coach. He didn't. Mm-hmm. You said he might have been chasing a, a bag of money. He might have taken that flight. It cracked me up. He he posted his location in Eugene, Oregon to say, hey, I'm not. That was, definitely a, that was definitely a fake. Yeah, it, it, was, it was funny. For sure. Well, it took uh, it took very, yeah, very long for him to post his location. So he might have had time to fly there and back. But, you know, the players were right first. They said he's not going anywhere. And then they reported back. But I can tell you, every Duck fan out there was worried that he was gone. Lane Kiffin, Mike Norvell, Davo. I think those are, those are the guys that it's down to. I don't think they get to Boer, but I if I'm picking a coach that's available, it would be him. All I know is the next coach is going to be this. Needle dick, needle dick, needle dick. <laughs> In comparison to the GOAT, man, just ain't going to oh, be the same. It's going to be close. tough. All right, what about so Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel, he's not, a, he's not coming back to college, man. He hates recruiting. I know I keep hearing that, but I mean – I feel I feel like once you go to the NFL level and you don't have to recruit anymore and don't have to deal with no offense these these children coming out of high school and deal with all that and have to really manage them that way like you don't want to go back you're no longer a babysitter you're no longer having to be that specific role model you get to be an X's and O's guy and actually coach it out yeah until you get a general manager in all these college football programs the head coach does way too much. You got NIL, oh, yeah. you got recruiting, you got transfer portal. There is so much things happening all at the same time. This is why there'll never be another Nick Saban. It's just, it's way too much, mm-hmm. man. You're talking about you could have the greatest program alive in Nick Saban and show them everything you've ever won, everything you ever did, all the draft picks are like, how much am I getting paid? Mm-hmm. Isn't the director of player personnel pretty much a general manager, though? But are they really on that level of a general manager? <laughs> kind of. Those those head those head coaches are on a plane almost every single day is what it feels yeah. like at least as the pictures I'm seeing of them out there recruiting they are mm-hmm. traveling nonstop and that can't be healthy for your family if you've gone and tasted the NFL life and being staying put minus your your travel games and stuff like that you're gonna your your family's not gonna want you to come back to college all right guys how about this so Alabama said within. 
48 hours. It was 72 hours yesterday. So 48 hours, we yeah. should know who the head coach is. Regardless, what is the ramifications of Nick Saban's retirement? What is the ripple effect? What does this earthquake do to all of college football? Like you're talking about the transfer portal just open for every single player on Alabama staff. I mean, yeah, you okay. have all the kids who sign their letter of intent. That's no longer a thing. They're out of the, they can get out of that if they want to. Now they ask the kids to wait until they announce the new coach. But again, even if they hire somebody, if they go out and hire Sarkeesian, per se, from Texas, then that same yeah. thing happens there. What is mm-hmm. major ramifications of Nick Saban's retirement? Well, you, did, you answered most of it. The recruiting mm-hmm. classes are opening up. I mean, there's a new transfer portal now, and it may keep dwindling down You know, to the next program, to the next program, to the next program, until they hire an assistant coach somewhere. Alabama, without a doubt, is going to lose some of their players. They're going to lose Absolutely. some of their recruits. They but probably they already gonna, did. Yeah, and you're pulling a coach from a top program if you're getting an Alabama coach. So you are – you're not – they say, like, the Liberty coach is, is up there. He's not He's not an option. I'm saying you're going to pull from a top program, and they are going to lose their players. They are going to lose mm-hmm. their recruits. It is a downstream effect. That position is going to be filled. We're going to see a lot of downstream effect from this. There's going to be coaches on the move, players on the move. And then, like, you look at you look at what Lane Kiffin is doing at, at Ole Miss there. If he gets picked up by Alabama, Ole Miss is not the same program. Oregon would not have been the same program. They Right now, they are close to being the favorite next year in the Big Ten. And if they lose Dan Lanning – you best bet, like they're they're going to be lucky to get third, if not fourth, in, in the Big Ten, like lucky. And so, it there is absolute downstream effects of this. We're going to see it at the coaching level, at the player level. And we're going to see, like you you talked about, you talked about uh, coaches, their contracts. We're going to see coaches getting paid more now because the ones who decide to stay are going to get paid more. That's going to set the playing field for coaches going forward. What slice of pie they're going to get. So there's so many effects that are going to happen from this. But at the end of the day, it's going to level a, little, level a little bit of the playing field. I don't think Alabama's ever going to be the Alabama they were under Nick Saban. All right, but question for you. What SEC team is in the most prime position to take advantage of Nick Saban and Alabama with his retirement? Besides, well, obviously, Georgia, they're already there. obviously it's Georgia. I mean, you got two national recent national titles, but right behind them, is Old Miss, and I think almost neck and neck with Old Miss is LSU with the defensive hires that they've made recently. And we'll jump more into this when we talk about Michigan and what defense means to national titles. Old Miss has just got everything from the transfer portal. LSU just signed Missouri's defensive coordinator, $2.5 million a year. So they're stacking themselves. They got the number one quarterback for 2025, too. I mean, LSU is priming themselves. It feels like these schools knew and they put all their resources into this next year coming up so that they could be ready to pounce. I know we've all, three, we've all three talked about this. Like we've seen yeah. Ole Miss. Like it's like a nuclear war preparing for this yep. dynasty to fall. It's like Soviet mm-hmm. Union falling and, and all these other governments are building up their, their military to wait, wait for this moment for the king to fall. I mean, mm-hmm. Auburn went out and got their guy. 
Brian Kelly at LSU, Lane Kiffin. They gave him more money to stay at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's going to be interesting yeah. to see the gathering of weapons to see who's going to be the next dominant force within the SEC. But it's going to be Georgia. And here's what's scary. And I heard this talked about on Menace of Sports, so I'll give them a shout out to say it's not my original idea. But they kind of equaled each other out, right? They split talent between Georgia and Alabama. So what happens mm-hmm. now that Saban's there, not there? Does Georgia get even bigger and better because they don't have to compete? No, one of these other schools is going to step up. No, I, one of these other I, schools is going to step up. Um, it, you know, there's going to be more going to Michigan and Ohio State, and probably even the West schools that are joining the Big Ten because they're getting a new audience now. Being out on that West Coast playing those night games, and more importantly, Heisman, you know, having that East Coast bias, sometimes that played an effect. And I think you'll see a lot more of these five stars from the South heading out West to play now that they're getting on TV and the normal time zones um, for everyone to watch on the East Coast. I I agree with you a little bit there, AJ, as far as looking at Georgia. Like, they're, they're the guys that you know are going to benefit the most of this. They're, they were the powerhouse. Lately, they've been the powerhouse over Alabama. Yeah, they have split some talent. They, they didn't win the SEC this year. They lost to Alabama, but they have been the team. They won two years in a row the national championship. Uh, they're the benefactor, but you talked earlier, Beeve. You, you talk about Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is definitely in a great position, but Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin is an option. Who's in? You talked about LSU. Brian Kelly's not an option. And so I think they're in an even better position because they're not worried about their coach leaving. They're not worried about everything. They just locked up their defensive coordinator. They got a commitment from the number one QB uh, next year and all that. But they're building. They're building without the worry of it being torn down. Ole Miss is a little shaky right now, only because they're worried about, well, is Lane Kiffin going to go for the job that we think he really wants? You know who's going to benefit from this the most, I think? Texas. They're coming into the SEC, and they're going to fill that gap. That's a good point. Yeah, they obviously showed their major step up. Already, now they move over to yeah. SEC, and they did a perfect timing with Saban coming to it. But end. again, if Sarkeesian is the one that goes for some reason, I, I think that's the exact reason he's not going to go. Yeah, because he's ready. They yeah. now they're like, well, Georgia's the team we got to beat. We no longer have Alabama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like we yep. can take that net that two spot right there and just have to win that game against Georgia. It's they're, so they're, crazy they're to say that it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for Alabama to get the coach that they want because those coaches are all in perfect spots for them. They are. Mm-hmm. If this was years ago, like I think it was simple, but and they would have had their pick of the litter. But damn it, Saban, not. you're retired at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what what does this post Alabama? look like without Nick Saban? My last question, then we'll get to a commercial break and pay some bills. I think it's going to be like always. They're going to have a couple of good years, and then it's going to slowly fizzle out into like normalcy. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, this next next couple of years, it's it's big on who they, they pick up as a coach. It's, it's hard to see the future without knowing who the future is. And so I'm not ready to sign off on what that looks like. They're not going to be the same. I look at it as a team that's competing for the third spot in the SEC, not necessarily for the top or the second spot. I think that's Georgia and Texas now. 
and mm-hmm. they're going to compete with Ole Miss and LSU. And, and that's where they're at. And they're going to be a good, not great team is what I see moving forward. I can see that. It depends on who they bring in and how much patience yeah, they have yeah. with who they bring in too. Absolutely. It's going to be a quick, quick tenure for whoever it is because they're going to have Nick Saban expectations. That just is not possible. It's and a Nick said he wants to be a part be. of the program. He's going to be in the house looking over. No, his- I don't. I would not want so, that. And if you're that coach, <laughs> like zero chance. He has so much knowledge to give, but no way I'd want him to be a constant reminder of what they were. Yeah. You can look at God. Wisconsin for that, man. No. Wish you were still here. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's say goodbye to Jamie. We'll, we'll pay some bills. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming in. I know you were busy today, so I appreciate you coming in. All right. Hey, happy to be here. Appreciate you, man. See you, boys. See you. The duck's leaving. He's going to make sure landing staying. Uh, he's double checking. All right, let's get the Bones <laughs> coffee ready, get it brewing, and let's get back with a hot brew. Sound the alarms. Something monstrously merry is coming to town. Introducing Bones Coffee's newest batch. Inspired by the giddy ghouls of Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice work, Bones Caddy. Rich premium coffee infused with frighteningly festive flavors. The Pumpkin King. Santa Jack. Frog's Breath, Rough Weather, and Mudslide Boogie. Can't make decisions by yourself? Order them all. Bones also makes a perfectly marvelous gift for everyone on your nice list. And your naughty list. (laughs) Click the link to get these hauntingly holly jolly flavors delivered right to your door. And it's not just for holidays. Bones has coffee concoctions for all 365 days of the year. Bones Coffee and Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's terrifyingly tasty. This year, Bones Coffee will be yours! Boy, oh boy. I'm all boned up, son. You boned up? You're all boned up? (laughs) All boned up. Did you just say that out loud? I did. I did. You know, pitching tents over here. It's all good. But anyways, man, your national champions, 2024, the Michigan Wolverines, hail to the victors, took down Washington 34-13 and get their first national title in the college football playoff era and the first one since 1997. Man, oh, man. I know all them Wolverine fans are out there celebrating, having a damn good time. I pretty much said what was going to happen in this game, and everything came to fruition. I talked about Michigan had three ways they can win this game. Washington only had one. I talked about how the defensive tackles, Graham and Jenkins for Michigan, could cause really big problems for that Joe Moore offensive line because pressure up the middle is a killer for a quarterback. And what did Graham and Jenkins do? They pressured Phoenix all night made him look like a limp noodle. It was bad, man. It was real bad. I talked about how the defense could win this game for Michigan. They pretty much won it for Michigan. I talked about how the running game could win it for Michigan. They pretty much won it for Michigan. I talked about Edwards being a secret weapon. Edwards is a freaking super talented back. He kind of disappeared a lot this season, but that dude is a monster himself. And he had, what, two touchdowns in the first quarter, 90-something yards, finished. 
he finished with what 100 and 100 and something yards 104 104 yards he balled out man two tack two tutties then you throw in Blake Corum another 120 he had 93 yards in the first half and yeah. two touchdowns and I called it damn all that yeah you said you said he's someone to watch out for for sure and I was like damn that first half I was like man AJ was on fire with these calls man telling you everything I talked about Will Johnson. I said, Will Johnson. I didn't say he would shut these downs, but I said he would have to have a damn good game against those wide receivers, and Mm -hmm. he balled out too. Much the help of that defensive line that was putting pressure up the middle. And and I said, if you stop Michael, that's it, man. That's a wrap. And that's pretty much what Michigan did. They made me look like a genius, so I appreciate that, Michigan. Congratulations on the title. But that that defensive line, man, that pressure up the middle was unreal. What do you got about this game, Beef? Yeah, I mean, the team that took down Saban, that made him retire, that is what Michigan is claiming to be now. You know, and I'll give them credit. Their defense was amazing, uh, and it was great in the national championship, just as they were in the playoffs. Man, but all year, man, they were just... They were the team that had that destiny to them. They had that defense. They had that drive. They had that team mentality. And they made what no one else could do all season. They made the Phoenix look pedestrian. They made that Joe Moore winning offensive line look pedestrian. I mean, they were getting in there. They sacked that Phoenix twice, I think. And they had a lot of pressures on him. I mean, he was hurting, limping, barely finished the game. You could tell he wanted to be out, but he was just trying to finish the game. It looked like a different team than what we saw against Texas as far as Washington's teams. They were overthrowing balls. The wide receiver was dropping balls. That huge, where it really turned was that huge holding penalty in the fourth quarter. There was a 32 yard pass from Phoenix to Adunze. And wow, I was like, they were down. Um, it was 20 to 13 at that point. Fourth quarter, 11 minutes left, somewhere along 11 21. And I was like, all right, they're back in it. This is going to be a game, a back and forth game. It might even go into overtime. This is awesome. And then the flag, you see the flag. And it takes it from the 32-yard line of Michigan all the way back to the 23-yard line of Washington. And then they end up punting, and Michigan runs it right down their throat and scores again, making it 27-13. Now the game's pretty much out of reach, right? The next play... Or the next possession, the Phoenix throws a pick and they score again. And that is really what ended the game right there. That was the momentum swing. That was the dagger in the neck that said it's over. I think it was over before it began, man. That pressure up the middle, Michael could not get comfortable. He was fussed. But if you complete that, if you complete that, you're on the 32-yard line. You can go down and score, tie the game up. I get that, but the pressure was so quick. Like his clock was so amped up. That mm-hmm. he could it not was. throw accurate passes. We never seen we haven't seen that all year from him. Like, but they were just in his face up the middle so much that he was just uncomfortable all night. That that all night you, Graham, long. Yeah. Graham and Jenkins, they probably had the best defensive tackle run I've seen in the playoffs ever. Like you don't see that from damn defensive good. tackles, man. You don't see that from defensive tackles. You get that You're from right. ends. You don't get from that the from ends, tackles. yeah. You're right. And that's what it boils down to. Defensive lines, man. And it's in the national championship. When when we're picking those in the future, I mean, our next topic was to talk about, you know, the impact 
And that's where I was going to go, man. It just leaves. I'm just taking us there right now. All right. I'm jumping the gun. If you're ready. Right, hold on. Let's hit a couple of comments <laughs> here. We got, we got Brandon from go big rec red backers podcast. He says Penix turned into Indiana Penix on Monday. He was actually really good. at. He Indiana. was good at Indiana. <laughs> he couldn't finish a year because of injuries, but he was, he beat Michigan when he was an Indiana. That brings me, Washington. that brings me to my point though. He needed to run more. That's where I thought he, that's where I had thought they had an advantage. He needed to run more and he needed to settle down and not take those deep balls. Those intermediate routes were still open. <laughs> you like taking the deep balls. <laughs> hey. Bead goes balls. Bead. Give you a little rub on the bald head. Well, I got a hat on, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Let's anyway, talk about it. No man. luck you in that. To move on. You want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, as a Buckeye fan, as a, as a Buckeye fan, it leaves bad taste in your mouth. It makes you look, but it makes you look back at the season at the hold same on, time. And be time like, out, time out. You said balls deep and a bad taste in your mouth within like. You said seconds. balls deep. I did not say balls deep. Don't put that in my mouth. <laughs> I'll put whatever <laughs> I want in my mouth. <laughs> but you look back at the season and you think, wow, how close were we, the Buckeyes? At Michigan, at the big house, lost by six. And they made the best passer in America throw two interceptions. Maybe McCord wasn't that bad after all, and he, he should have stuck stats. around another season. He had good huh? stats. He had decent stats. He had he had decent stats, and that defensive line they had was unreal. From now on, I'm only picking the national title team that has that defensive line that can make a difference. No more of this bullshit offense stuff. Remember that for the future. The only team that's ever done that was the 2019 LSU team. And that's because Joe Burrows was unreal. Yeah, every once in a while you'll have that one guy like Joe Burrow who can just. And I thought I thought Phoenix was the guy, man, but he fluttered under pressure. But what, what's the overall impact, man, for Michigan? Michigan back to it's it's dominant, it's to man. be determined, man. I still think there's stuff coming down from the NCA. The NCA is just showing today that they want to flex their muscle. So I think there's more to come. And it's the, only the second team. Not from the South to win a college football playoff national championship. The other one, obviously, being Ohio State. And not all from the SEC, but from the South. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Florida State and Clemson. Mm-hmm. Too, so It was good for the Big Ten's image. It was Is that good for the Big just Ten's for image. college football? Like, hey, you don't have to play yes. in the South yeah. to win a, yeah. a playoff. It is. Um, it is. But Harbaugh is going to move on, and we'll see what happens to Michigan after that. Yeah, Michigan's going to be hurting. They're a very senior led and driven team a lot of seniors on that team you know obviously a lot of those people are going to be gone 60 players 60 players that are going to be moving on i don't know if it's quite that many but they had quite a bit i want to say it was in the in the 20s like 28 but this was the thing those super seniors we're going to lose that soon next year is the last year for super seniors that you'll ever have you won't have those 24 year olds starting on offensive line anymore so it's going to change the one thing is you're going to still have that transfer portal thing. There's still going to be transfer portal teams like the TSUs, like the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. But I don't think you, if you blend that transfer portal with those super seniors, a developmental team has a chance. That's going to be gone again. So yeah, we'll they're going to have a hard just time. Just a transfer loading, portal man. team can do that. This isn't a this isn't a Nick Saban team or or, or Georgia yeah. team where you just have another crew. It's not talent on talent on talent. Yeah. No. They're not recruiting like that. They're a developmental program. They still recruit well. I'm not saying they can't recruit, but they don't recruit at that level for sure. 
And maybe that will change. Who knows? But still, huge ramifications for college football, huge ramifications for the Big Ten. It's always good for the Big Ten to get a, a national championship trophy to bring back up north, especially when we it don't just hurts it being the Wolverines. It hurts. <laughs> I know it hurts. I know it hurts you, beef. But anyways, man, let's move on. Let's talk about the Buckeyes having to play catch up, boy. They ask for extra packets at McDonald's when they get their cheeseburgers these days because they got to catch up <laughs> to these Wolverines, man. What are they doing to catch up? So far, they're doing good. There's a lot of people staying. They got the number one running back in the transfer portal from Old Miss, which is shocking that he left. Why do you leave that situation? I don't know, but there must be something good going on in Buckeye Nation because Quinshawn Junkins, he's the SEC's top running back coming to Ohio State. Two huge commitments for the class of 225, four-star DN, Zaire Mathis, and a Five-star, number one cornerback, Devin Sanchez from Texas. I think he's a 6'2", big-body guy. Um, They got rid of some coaches. Um, Apparently, Ryan Day told his defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, if you get me a top-10 defense, you can make any changes you want. And Jim Knowles is like, I'm bringing in my dude. We're getting rid of the safety coach, and we're going to bring in our dude. So... Eliano got let go. They brought in uh, the former defensive coordinator, uh, some Italian last name that I don't really know, and safeties coach Guari, and I may be butchering that, but I haven't heard anyone else pronounce it, so if anyone knows, let me know how to pronounce that. Um, He's a safeties coach. He was with Jim Knowles since the Duke days, way back, so he got his guy. He's there. Parker Fleming is gone. Thank goodness. Special teams coordinator and our special teams were abysmal the last few years. He should have been gone a long time ago. Uh, They have a slew of returning starters. I mean, Emeka Buka just announced he's coming back. Denzel Burke is back. Jordan Hancock, Donovan Jackson, Jack Sawyer, Latham Ransom's back for the fifth year. Tyleek Williams. Cody Simon, and then there's some that haven't announced officially yet. Marvin Harrison, who I think will be gone. He, he announced Travion. today. Did he announce it today? I didn't see that. Okay. Um, and then Travion Henderson and uh, TJ. JT, yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, Harrison's gone to the NFL. He announced today. But yeah, Buckeyes are still waiting on Travion Henderson, which we did an interview with early in the season. Man, I love that guy. Uh, that was fun. Super fun interview. He seems like, a, like just a down-to-earth guy. That was our first weekend. It was. He definitely has those Virginia vibes. I know he said he was from Virginia. Super laid back guy. And then hopefully JT comes back for the Buckeyes. That'd be huge, man. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we're talking about, those defensive lines that are stacked. That's when you're looking at national titles, when you have the defensive line. So they got Jack Sawyer. They get JT back. They got um, Tyleek Williams, which is huge. He's huge, and that's huge. Big news. Big news for the Buckeyes. But what else happened this week, man? Hold on. We're going to pay some more bills, news, right? You know, these light bills are getting expensive under this. Uh, oh, Joe man, you're going to make us do a commercial? <laughs> we got to do on, another man. commercial, man. You've seen the gas All prices right. in the face. Let's go. Let's get spicy up in here. 
seasoning, food's favorite flavor. Yum, yum, get you some. I'm Joe Burrito, your favorite burrito. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe, hey. we all know you're the best. What? You can always do better. Try the new Dano's Hot Chipotle. Hey. Ooh, that's spicy. Yum, yum. Yum, yum, get you some. All right, I'm all get spiced up on Dano's, man. I made me a pulled pork the other day. You better believe it was spiced up with some Danos, man. Got that red top. Yum, yum. Get you some. Anyway, man. Those are great commercials, dude. They do. I love love the commercials. Love their spices. We talked about Peter earlier, but we got to talk about his college football days, man. This guy, two national titles himself, 54 draft picks, 34 All-Americans. Vince Young stopped him from having a third national title. We got to talk about this guy, man. You talk about Absolutely. a college coach who won national titles and a Super Bowl. That doesn't happen, man. It's rare. Super rare. Super rare. So we got to get so this. What's man more tomorrow. impressive? What's more impressive? Him and getting the national titles in college and going to pro and getting Super Bowls or Saban with that long term success in college? It's always hard to make that comparison. And I'm going to go, I'm going to tip my hat to Nick Saban. But this is. This is something that is, is super rare. I think Nick Saban's sustained 17-year run at Alabama is – you could probably bake him in discussions of the best coaches of all time across all sports. But I still think Pete Carroll is is damn close just because it's hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> to me, I think that's more impressive, being able to do it at both. Because if he would have stayed at USC without sanctions and all that bullshit that would be non-existent today – I mean, his run could have been marveled with Saban's, right? I don't think it would have been there. I think he would have been close, but I don't think he gets seven, man. Maybe four, maybe five, but seven? Mm, man, I don't know. I don't know. Seven's seven a lot. Is a lot, man. <laughs> seven's a lot. And I'm not going to take take away from what Pete Carroll did in the NFL. Obviously, Saban tried. It didn't work out. Urban Meyer tried. It didn't work out. There's what? Jimmy Johnson? Maybe he's the only other one who's... Somewhat had success at both. Yeah. That's the only person I can um, think of. I just like don't think that as much as I didn't think Urban was going to work out in the NFL, I still don't think he really got a chance. Yeah, he didn't really I mean, get a He didn't even shake. make it through a fourth of a season. <laughs> and Nick Saban didn't really give himself a fair shake either. Yeah. And maybe they just hated it because they were like, I'm not in complete control. Other people are trying to tell me what to do. I don't know. But yeah, Pete Carroll's a But great your guy. adaptability, I mean, obviously Pete Carroll was adaptable to both situations, you know. He was able to handle the kids that needed some help and needed some maturing and then the the men who were making more money than him probably some of them, most of them, you know, he had to be able to influence them, motivate them, get them on the same page. So it, that's impressive to do. I mean, it's two totally different dynamics. Yeah, he's definitely one of the greatest coaches of all time. If you take in both considerations of what he did in college and in the NFL, you're talking about he almost went three and two, like three national titles, almost two Super Bowls. I mean, even having two and one is crazy impressive. One and one would be awesome. Yeah, like nobody does that, man. Like I I can think of one one coach. That's yeah, it. anyone else in the comments, if you can think of anyone else, that would be awesome to what, know. Paul Brown, maybe? Way back? <laughs> We're not going back that far. That shit don't count. But about that, I don't even know if he did that great in college. I know he, he coached. I don't, think he, a a I don't think he won a national title. I don't think he won a national title at all. So 
You got nothing but tell me about some of his players, man. Like he coached. Oh them shit! The names. You want me to go into those names? Yeah, he coached some ballers. I want to hear them. Mister Heisman, no, not Heisman himself, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinert. You want to get into the Ray Monalugas? You want to get into the Taylor Mays, the dude that was stacked, should have been a linebacker, DN playing safety, Lindale White, Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu. Carson Palmer. Ooh, Carson I mean, Palmer. Damn. Brian Cushing. Who else? I mean, you can go on for days with I mean, the, uh, the receivers, him. too. He man, it, I mean. Troy Polamalu? <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. And, and NFL Mays? greats. You imagine NFL having, greats. Imagine if you could put those two. I know they didn't play at the same time, but you imagine having those two safeties at the same time. Ain't nobody surviving. Yeah, Ohio State didn't survive. <laughs> yeah, Pete Carroll. Uh, what's it? Thirty-five to three, thirty-three to three, something like that. Yeah, Pete Carroll built the building blocks that I think Nick Saban used to kind of go on his run because yeah. he was the dynasty. Oh yeah, thousands, man. Oh Insane. yeah. And those recruiting classes back then were, I mean, they got who they wanted anywhere. Oh, yeah. And then Reggie Bush, man, that that guy. I don't know how many games Ooh. I watched when I was young. I kind of want to go back and watch them now. Yeah, me too. We probably should. Let's do that after this show, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap up That's this show, man. Idea. Let's get to these Big Ten backers' best quickies, man. We're just going to do a little quick hits here. Washington. Hey, man. We ain't going to that yet, man. We got to talk about this Florida oh, yeah, yeah. State we shit. Talk about these breaking news Come that on, came out bro. right before the show. Oh, Go ahead, man. Man, Go apparently ahead. Florida State is getting hit with some sanctions coming from a collective. The Rising Spear is the name of the collective. So apparently one of their assistant coaches, I think it was an offensive line coach, was taking a transfer portal recruit directly to the booster, which is apparently against the rules. But the booster was the CEO of this Rising Spear Collective and offered a transfer portal guy like for something like $15,000 a year t- to sign with Florida State. The guy didn't end up doing it. The NCAA got word of it, and boom, they're getting hit with probations, man. Do you think that uh, like five? On- why? Why are they going after them? This is complete nonsense. Why go over Florida State? Everyone else is doing anything they want with NIL. No one's going after any of them. And they got they hit them hard, man. I mean, they took it to them. I mean, no one knows. No one's got busted for NIL before. No one. There's no history of this. So no one knows what to expect. No one knows what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, really. They got two years of probation. That coach got a two-year show clause. This is dumb. You're right, Jamie. Dumb. Everyone's doing it. Everyone. There's a restriction from on-campus recruiting. They got three years disassociation with the booster, one year disassociation from the collective, fines. I mean, everything that you can think of. It's just, it's awful. I mean, they hit them hard, too. It wasn't like some measly little thing. I think this is going to push Norvell out of Florida State and right onto the tide. Do you think they're doing this because Florida State's disgruntled? towards the ACC and once out? Do you think they're, they're putting this target on their back because of that? I have no idea why they're doing it. I, no, I don't know. Maybe maybe like someone from... This with, happens everywhere, right? So why are yeah. they putting on Florida State for it? I think it has to do with them 
trying to get out of the ACC. You think that that NCAA is mad at Florida State for trying to leave? I think the ACC put the, the hat to the NCAA and asked for uh, a favor. All right, there you go. That is a good theory. I can get on board with that. That's just my tinfoil hat talking. I could get on board with that. Well, I can see it, man. You should start the rumor. Let's do it. The ACC, I think you just did. <laughs> ask the Breaking NCAA news. To punish Florida State for these violations because they're trying to get out of the ACC yeah. and, and blow up the conference. Got you good, you chicken fucker. <laughs> <laughs> then, Jamie, college football hates Florida State. I think a lot of people hate Florida State. Yeah. Uh, obviously, everyone in college football hates them. <laughs> All right, now we can get on to those quickies. Let's get on these quickies. He's going to be real quick. Washington adds four-star linebacker, rainy sale for class of 2025. Yeah, and Wisconsin, your boys, the Badgers, pick up Tackett Curtis from the portal from none other than USC. That was a big commit that Ohio State wanted, too. So I'm surprised that Ohio State didn't try to go after him. Jim Knowles, that was his guy. And all of a sudden, he flipped to USC once Riley went there. Which was weird. And we almost interviewed him after the Notre Dame game. I got a bigger one for you. Former Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. Rumored to be joining Deion Sanders' staff. In Colorado, man, what a huge, huge get if they can get him, man. And they need some help on defense. That's and big. Leonard is one of the biggest names out there. Yeah, that's huge. I, I don't know why he didn't go anywhere this year. Hey, that's man. a big name. I don't know why you need a vacation. Him up. Yeah, maybe recharge. That that would be a great. There'd be a great fit. Oh, absolutely. Man, Dion's doing big things. Is he going to Alabama? <laughs> no, nah, not a chance. His son would have to compete with Milrow. <laughs> that would be an interesting, uh, interesting dude. Move, they would get every single five star there if Dion went to Alabama. There would be no five stars left. Recruiting would not be an issue. That's for damn sure. That would be the first time that every single five star went to one school. No, I got a couple more quickies for you, man. Quarterback Jaden. Mava, not sure how to say his name. UNLV transfer. He was committed to Georgia. He flipped his commitment to Georgia to USC. He is going to try to compete with Miller time. Oh, starting position for the Trojans. That's interesting. Both places he was going to go then had a starting quarterback already. Mm-hmm. So he's not. He's got three years, so he doesn't have to start right away. He's got three years. All right. All right. So. He's willing to be the backup. He just wants to yeah. go big time now. Yep, he's not one and done. He's like, I'll go there, I'll learn for a year, maybe I'll get my starting chance after that. Let's talk about the I don't even know how how old Miller is, what year he is. He might be young. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Miller time, baby. It's Miller time at USC. It is. He bought out, boy. Woo! He was looking good. Wide receivers for the Huskies, man. They leaving. They're heading toward the NFL. Roman Dunze and Pope, they're gone. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, we need to leave. They're losing their quarterback. Still hurts the Huskies, man. Yeah. You know, we can't talk about the we can't talk about the Huskies without talking about the Ducks. The Ducks. Maybe that pushes DeBoer to Bama. It might actually be a good time to jump that roster. Yeah. Strike while it's hot. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna get any hotter for Washington anytime soon. 
So while your name's Let's go. What you got? Do it. Anyways, offensive lineman, the best, one of the best centers in football is headed to the NFL. Jackson Powers Johnson, and then they're also losing their running back, Bucky Irving. And then Michigan, they've lost a couple too. One of their best offensive linemen, Zach Zinter, and then their linebacker, Junior Colson, announced that they're heading to the NFL as well. Oh, yeah, that Michigan team's depleted now. Zach Zinter. What we got? Michigan, USC, and UW are fighting for third place. Wow. I can see that. No Penn State in there. Wow. Penn State's no longer perennial third in the Big Ten. <laughs> what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I don't know. know. Franklin might surprise us next year. Would DeBoer to Bama be the same as Harson to Auburn? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Probably. Hey, good shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, it seems like I don't the same know. Time, except for DeBoer had – some really good under uh, coaching experience prior to him coming to Washington. So he's won everywhere he's been. Yeah, that's true. His, uh, first day. This is his first known stint, but as far as Division Two, he was tearing it up. That's right. Well, and Saban, I mean, he wasn't a Southern guy either. He's from West Virginia, got his uh, what first job at Akron. Was it Akron or Toledo? Toledo. The only way Franklin surprises us is at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt there. I can't even like who, how does he get considered for all these great jobs? Like he was rumored to USC. Now he's talked about being one of the candidates was it, for Alabama. Like was how? it LSU that he was rumored to too? Yep. How? I don't understand it, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get close. If you want yeah, to get please close. go to Alabama and, and never finish outside of third place in the SEC. Please go. If that's what you want, that's what you get. <laughs> All right, man, Beef. I think that's our show. We're right on We've time. had enough. This We've is over enough. an hour show again, man. Let's go. Let's get yeah. on out of here. Thank you all, Big Ten backers, for coming in. Hey, we enjoy it. We enjoy the comments. It's been fun. Man, we just finished off a season. Finished it off. It's gone. <laughs> and it's thanks for coming. It's there's never an off season in college football. There's plenty of drama that we're going to be talking about. We'll be back. It might be once a week from now on. I think we're going to do it Thursday nights, right? Yes, sir. Nine thirty Eastern. We'll still be around. So as long as there's content, we'll be here. All right. So come back, follow, share, like, and God bless. Have a good day. One more shout out for you. College football dogs always help us put on this show. They're hiring. They're looking for talent. They're looking for writers. I'm going to play their little commercial. Look them up. See what you can do for these college football dogs. On the college football dogs website, you'll find a main page that features some of our biggest and newest stories. Our conference pages for content related to your favorite team's conference. Our team store, where we have products that are available all year long, as well as gear available for a limited time only. Our podcast page, where you can see when one of the 12-plus College Football Dogs podcasts is streaming live on social media. Our subscription page, where you can join our Discord 
If you're interested in becoming a contributor at College Football Dogs, email us at info at collegefootballdogs.com. If you enjoy any College Football Dogs content, we really do appreciate